Three, two, one. <coughs> Different one. Oh, <laughs> I think that might actually sink as disgusting as it was. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tyler Crane. Joined with me is, um, you know, he's a civil man. Um, he's keeping it, I hope he's keeping it, um, rule of six anyway. There's honestly not that many of my family members left, um, for me to even consider the rule of six. So, um, Cal, how are we doing? Are you keeping it above law? Are you implying that I keep on killing your family? Oh my god, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, he's, I am, he's, but like... <laughs> yeah, I wonder why he, um, he was going a bit all Fred West there with his style when I saw him in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. how are you doing anyway? I'm good, man, I'm good. I'm uh, ready for a week off work where, where I can just chill out and stay in my room and not have to log on to work i can just play playstation i can just do as my little gut decides but you know being how the country is gonna go it's probably not gonna be much but what about you uh i'm grand man it just seems to be the same old same old at work listeners um seems to be quite um chocker at the minute like loads of orders um loads of frauds at the minute it just seems to be a lot of you know Oh, this is, you know, David in Surrey using Mike from Winchester's card for all these fucking Raspberry Pis and pressure washers and everything in between there. So it's good to get the juicy details. It's good to get the juicy jobs out of the way uh, every now and then. Are you looking to do a bit of rambling as you've done yes. before or on the bike? Uh, that's that's the idea. Um, obviously, at the moment, as of recording, um, it's... It would have just kind of a week into the rule of six thing for some reason. Why a rule of six? Who knows? I think it's because Corona's smart and it's just like seven, seven, oh, six. Fuck, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're probably going to go ramble somewhere in North Yorkshire. Let's take some pics for the old gram. Yes, oh, please follow um, Cal. Cal, uh, Cal Redovich. Calvin I Redovich. do like his Calvin Redovich. Calvin Redovich, that's the one. Um, I do like his highlights there. Um, whether he's you know, parting wisdom with a fag at three in the morning or going on a nice ramble along moors and that is a uh, well worth a watch. And the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment from season eight, episode eighteen, directed by Bob Anderson, written by John Swartzwelder, with the original air date being March the sixteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. The couch gag is that the family are all cowboys and they. Right off on the couch like a horse there. And as I always say, um, Cal, what are your you know earliest memories of this episode? Anything initial come to mind? Um, it's the same what I kind of live my... It, it's the mantra of my life, really. It's just one of the last uh, lines of the episode. To alcohol, the cause of... Oh, yeah. And solution to all of life's great problems. It's great. We thought we'd, we'd, we'd pick on this one because, you know house of the wheel of episodes sometimes goes in our favor sometimes you know oh, yeah. we want to kind of falsify the things just to keep you lovely listeners on on edge and we thought you know we've already done the working from home uh, episode um with us very closely probably gonna as as probably when this uh episode airs it's going to be 
another lockdown in the good old UK, uh, we thought we'd uh, run down th- something what probably will happen in the houses of many people, not at the vir- uh, virtue of six lucky friends. But <laughs> I, it's a classic episode. It's it's very funny. It's very memeable as well. Um, but all round, I didn't just burp. I burped in the sound clap as well. I hope you do keep that in because it's, it's disgusting and I'm ever so proud. Um <laughs> It was a thing of beauty, folks, I tell you. I'd say, hell, this is arguably a top ten amongst any fans list there. I always seem to see this as a fixture on channel for when they decide to show, like, you know, your good series, your classic series and what have you. Um, I think they they might currently be on season eight at the minute in their syndication rotation. But I know they. I think they did this like a year or two years ago, like on Sundays, folks here in the UK, um, about eleven or twelve. They'll show four episodes in a row, and there'll be some evident theme, like it might be, oh, it's all Bart episodes, or it's oh, it's all holiday episodes. And I think they just had like the best of Homer for like four episodes, and this was one of them. Yeah. So it shows you how highly that you know a broadcasting company thinks of it, let alone fans and the actual show itself there so it's it's one of the strongest ones definitely i feel like rex banner there's lots of good one-off uh characters obviously there's the classics like the monorail guy um do you remember his hank name? scorpio yeah, uh, hank scorpio is another one yeah he's probably lyle landley's your monorail man yeah um i think rex banner he, as a kind of like warren Beatty kind of detective type guy um, mm. doesn't get as much love as he should, really, because he's, he's fantastic. He has this very dark personality of this kind of... Well, he's so dry as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. The man cannot laugh, literally. <laughs> See, I always thought when I was younger... We'll, we'll, we'll get to that bit when we get to the part of the episode. How we open this episode up is right outside Springfield Elementary, and Lisa's in green. Bart just thinks, oh, that's stupid, why are you wearing that? But Lisa doesn't feel stupid. Bang walks through the doors, and everyone is in some sort of a shade of green, and even Nelson's going full, what, leprechaun, or just big Irish stereotype there. (laughs) And then um, they just end up pinching Bart, you know, it's the pinching of the Irish, but I've never, uh, apart from this episode, I've never heard or seen this as like a Patrick's Day or an Irish tradition there, Cal. It's completely foreign to me. It's it's more of an American thing in regards to the to the pinching um with with in the uk we, we just tend to wear green if you if you got it um this little bit kind of really hit me hard at home because the last time i was in the office at work was actually st patrick's day and i wore oh really yeah wow. so i wore I, i've got a every year I, I tend to like to treat myself with something like a big purchase uh, around christmas time and a couple of years ago i bought a three-piece green suit Nice woolen, darkish, kind of like uh, holly colour kind of thing. Um, so on St. Patrick's Day, I decided to wear a free, my, my three-piece green suit, green shirt, green tie, green socks, green underwear, everything to the fucking tip. Um, and then, I can't remember what she called it. I don't have green shoes, unfortunately. Um, and I took a picture of it, and I, was, I just went, go, ho- uh, go hard or go quarantine. Because it was at the time where kind of things started like, building up a little bit like we don't you know corona was just it we were in the peaks of world war three do you remember when world war three happened listeners that was this year um 
so is the great fires of australia but who knows we've we've moved on from there we've oh just, don't forget area 51 and uh, all the great memes area 51 <laughs> that was that was a year before but i like uh i like for where you're coming from tyler however you know time is just an illusion but i ramble fires are now started by gender reveal parties that'll not date this episode at all um <laughs> So anyway, I went to the office. My mum started showing symptoms. I do live, uh, uh, sorry, my housemate, should I say. Um, she started showing symptoms, um, to which we, it wasn't, it was it was pleurisy. It was completely different. So then I had to get sent home, to which my next Snapchat was um, quarantined with a picture over my eyes. And then my mate looked at it and said, well, it looks as though you've been quarantined for wearing a three-piece green suit. It was like, what the fuck are you doing here, you tit? Go home. <laughs> And I stole two bottles of hand sanitizer, and I've never been since back since. So you know, probably one of the last times I wore trousers as well. I, I constantly shorts, <laughs> never go back. Oh no! Once you're in, you know, your once you're in those lovely sort of stretch shorts as well, or you know, your nice. I've got some nice stretch cotton shorts I wear at work as well. I can never return. I'm living in comfort forever now. <laughs> I'm currently wearing. I know you're asking, what are you wearing? What are you wearing, Cal? Um, a hand knitted jumper uh, not jumper sweat uh what's it called cardigan uh like a hawaiian type shirt and shorts because fashion bitch look it up whilst all this pinching is happening we're over to moe's tavern now and uh, homer and all the regulars are panicking you know oh you know it's almost nine and you know tavern isn't open yet and we see moe walking down um with green dye that's apparently really poisonous and they're all kitted out in green as well i will say um I don't think I've ever seen all sorts of green as I have in this episode. So you got right sort of shades there. Um, I always say like I like seeing Simpsons and alternate attires and that. And even though it was all like literally all uh, all monotone as one green sort of mesh there, I did like seeing them in different getups there. Like you know Nelson is your little sort of uh, Irish uh, little Irish stereotype getup. Mona's all green garter as well. Um, Marge with green hair we see later as well um, but yeah it's a nice opening there and um, we even have Mo with them um, saying alright this is the busiest day of the year for bars there who are the designated drivers beat it I've got no time cheapskates and they just get on it there now what are your um, St. Patrick's Day I don't know traditions memories um, for me it's not massive I've only re- properly done it like three times and it was sort of alright we didn't go that hard and if I did I sort of regretted it right after but um i guess it might mean a bit more to you no well because i'm irish you racist fuck no um it <laughs> it uh <laughs> it's not it uh I, we don't you know it, it's not an awful big thing I, i'm a drinker i celebrate it i like drinking um i enjoy you know the sociality of it and all that stuff i'm making up words you know it um but i tend to go out like I tried to go out to have a couple of friends, uh, you know, just go with a couple of friends. They tend to have like a Guinness tent, um, round in Sheffield on, on in in my town in, on like the High Street and stuff like that. And they'll have a couple of bands and such, and it's always a nice time. Um, I remember once in college, um, because I was of drinking age before some of the other people who were in my class and stuff. Um, and also had a big beard, so you know, um. I could, do what i want went into this tent saw my english tutor and she was absolutely shit face and she was like i went i went i went to a college in a different uh, town than where i actually live 
and she was just like, I, uh, all those years, I've avoided going around Barnsley because I didn't want to run into one of my students first time around for fucking ages. I bump into you and I was like, hi, Amy, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. It's, you know, drink Guinness, do green shit. Now, What's do you rate shit? Guinness or are you yeah. just sort of obliged to have it on the day? Oh, no, I drink Guinness normally as well. Um, I find it, I, I'll be honest, I didn't like it up until a St. A Saint Patrick's Day where one of, um, after finishing shift in Meadowhall, me and my friend went to a Webster and thought we'd have a Guinness. And it was actually, it was the first time I was actually like, yeah, okay, this tastes better. It tastes all right, actually. Um, I, I, Dependent on how I feel, I can potentially drink it all night it's usually after payday cause it's quite expensive um but i don't mind it i like my stouts i like um lager ale you know i'm currently on, i'm kind of on a health binge at the moment therefore i'm drinking more gin um because it's less calories and shit because i'm becoming everything i hate the thing is with like with alcohol in general there's the I've I've listened to a few YouTubers and stuff and, and podcasts talk about it and it is true what they say. Um, I don't think anybody truly. I like I drink a lot of beer. I like beer. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm gonna completely condescend myself in saying that I don't think anybody truly enjoys the taste of beer. I think they enjoy it because it's the most common drink to be able to drink, be it beer, lager, whatever, whatever substitute of it. Um. Uh, I think cocktails, if they didn't take as long and they weren't as expensive, they'd be a lot more um, sociable to drink and such. Oh, absolutely. Because um, they're actually tasty and they get us fucked. They get, you get your fucked a lot quicker. Um, and like, we, we, I think for whatever reason, beer, you know, when I say beer, I mean, I, I class, I'm, I'm classing them all as the same type of thing rather than the subdiffuse of, of, of them all. Um I think if it was more commonplace to drink more stuff, I think there'd be more variety of drink. Not to say that there isn't good beer out there, because there is. Um, in Sheffield alone, we've got a big kind of beer community growing. Because it used to be a steel... I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast. We, Sheffield is mainly a steel industry. It used to be part of big steel industry. Invented stainless steel. You're welcome. It was me. Um, but then Thatcher came and fucked us all over. Shut the majority of the steel foundries. And around that area is where a lot of breweries opened up because it was clean water and yeah. open factories. And that's, Why the chief? Yeah, and that's where you get a load of um, like Farmers Blonde, um, but uh, that's that's a big one. Uh, Farmers Blue, there in Bradfield, which is, uh, the brewed in Sheffield and such like that, and John Smith's as well. That like used to be in Sheffield. No, Stones did. John Smith didn't. But anyway, I digress. I think. You know, you're no less of a man for for not drinking beer, but you're still a weak human being. I don't know. I'm just rambling shit now. <laughs> We've now got the big St. Patrick's Day parade there where, you know, everyone's invited, of course, except for the gays and the Italians there. Um, but we get a nice little montage there. Um, the Irish poets where someone throws a bottle of whiskey and they just start fighting. Uh, my favourites um, in this parade is the Irish cops. 2,000 years or 200 years of Irish cops there. and I think the it was 2,000 worst... years, weren't it? <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. Um, 2,000 years of Irish cops, and it's the most broadest Irish-American accents ever, but I do like the designs, the big um, ginger mutton chops there and 
almost like eyebrows, eyebrows tatted on the cheeks there, as uh, um, Partridge would say. But just the rotating and IRA chores over there, folks. They all sound like um, that one uh, Irish cop from uh, you know the old Batman series. Yeah. With the horrible Irish accent, but I, I really did enjoy this bit. This is what I've never got really about Americans and such is, and you know, I'm sure we've got American listeners out there, and they're all very lovely and such. And I've been to America a few times. Is is this whole? Oh, I'm Irish. I'm Irish. You're not Irish. I'm sorry. Like you're a quarter Irish. Your family. But Cal, they're from New York and Boston. How dare they? Exactly. They're from New York. <laughs> I don't know if it's just if Americans don't really have any because they don't technically have any lineage really, um, specifically to America and such. Uh, I'm sure, obviously, there, there is some, but it's this whole ideology of like, oh, I'm Irish. I'm actually, I'm, I'm Italian. Oh, where, where were you from? Well, I'm not Italian, but like my great grandmother is. Therefore, I am. So you know. Give me meatballs and make me plum shit. I'm a quarter Irish. I can say this shit. So, I like it's not a thing over here, is it, Tyler? It's not like a like people. You know, if you love to say, oh, like my parents are, you know, Indian or or, or um, Italian or Scottish or whatever. No, no, they don't make a but proper massive deal yeah. out of it. But I guess I guess it's more so because a lot of English people were just like the Mongols of Europe. We've just been we've invaded and, and been invaded so many times. We just kind of. A cumbucket of a society, which is great. I'm, oh, I, I love, <laughs> I love being a little cumbucket. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I would just accept gene pool. Okay, a cumbucket of the gene pool. <laughs> We've got the parade going as well. Um, Bart's, you know, like any sort of typical shy child, just wants to get some little trivial plastic thing to play with. And then, oh, but you chuck him out the car window. Oh, I get bored of him. But it won't happen this time. And I mean, I mean, I've definitely been there before. Whether it's like little zoos or that just buying some sort of shit trinket then you know later on it's wait you sold it at the car boot sale mum oh how dare you we even get uh you know the fights kick out folks um this just spills out into the streets it spills up into the big tv tower where kent's um, broadcasting from and um i'm trying to remember the line um what is it destruction of property drunkenness and fighting is this really what we think of when we think of the irish there on the nose but it does work there um for the only like three times I've seen it, I've not seen any proper fights on St. Patrick's Day. It's not really a violent uh, holiday. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's oh, it, it's not so much because it's, because it's St. Patrick's Day. It's just any any time with drinking, excessive drinking, you you're gonna get fucking people. general violent arseholes. Yeah, you're just gonna get arseholes wherever like. Since alcohol's involved, then fighting ensues. And it's brilliant. We have the fighting ensuing there, and Bart's got this big um, horn there, and he's just saying, oh, you know, watch the wide load, Seamus, and that, and whilst this fighting's going around. And then we get um, a chip shop blowing up there, and poor, innocent, like, 12-year-old me just thought, oh, because it's so manic, someone decided to blow up a chippy. And then reading the context of like what the troubles went through and everything and yeah i can see why channel 4 cut this yeah um <laughs> i don't know i think uh, is it is it wrong to feel uncomfortable about this or is it just the fact that we're british and we know what happened with the troubles and what ireland and the uk have been through in that because um 
yeah, just knowing obviously the context behind it and that, and should they have got rid of it? Yeah, I think they should have. Yeah, yeah, because it is like technically a terrorist attack. It well, it is. It there is a terrorist attack. We you know we didn't help with all the bullshit what we kind of caused in time to find oh, no. such as a, a good old potato famine. Famine. I can't even say it. Famine. Fuck it. I only say it. Famine. 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 That's the word I'm looking for. Um, but I think because when did you say this episode date uh, aired as well? Ninety-seven. Yeah. It's early ninety-seven. It 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 would have still been a little bit too soon, I guess. I think same year as the Good Friday Agreements. Yeah. Yeah, which is now uh, currently in the news at the minute, folks, as well. So I think yeah, I think it's just because you know certain things like that. It, it's it. I think it's Frankie Boyle who says there's certain things he wouldn't joke about and one of them is he wouldn't ever joke about the Hillsborough disaster purely because mm. like they couldn't they didn't deserve it that you know they couldn't stop it like with terrorism certain things you know I can't remember what what TV show it is I think it's South Park where it kind of says how um, after a certain amount of years things are funny again and it's like something like 13 years or something like that and, and one of which is obviously oh, 9-11 right. they say it's been 13 years we can make jokes about 9-11 again it's fine yeah the wounds like finally yeah. heal after these major um, disasters definitely yeah but yes to distract from um, the sort of horrible troubles um, reference there um, we have this beer truck come by there free beer coming out and everyone opens their yaps boyos but um, Bart ends up getting the whole hose full right down his horn there and drinking it. Now, behind the scenes stuff, um, folks, the trivia, um, they made sure that they implemented this horn and that the alcohol was passed through it and that's how Bart got drunk. Like, There's no way they could have a child properly get drunk on telly there. So this was actually quite smart and it doesn't seem, you know, like, oh, they've done it because of that because it just, um, it's seamless. Like, oh, of course, like, you know, one in a million that this would happen and then it happens and then he's drunk. Um, I think this is well done, Cal. Yeah. Definitely, I mean, I uh, uh, I love the design of like drunk part where he's just kind of like his eyes go all of a sudden just go like really cow eyed and searching and start stumbling mm. a bit more. Um, they they uh, they kind of get really disgusted really quickly, but then all the kids are just like, yeah, go on, do it. Everybody, everybody get naked. Come on, that Mister Cup is going to be great. Well, why not? This party's just getting started. That small boy is drunk! Now that's the biggest thing that hit home for me. Like, um, yeah. I was I was never one, I only probably did it once, like drinking on a park bench when you were 14, thinking you were cool with like Frosty Jacks and that. But then, like, when you see one of your mates who are like properly drunk and not just spitting out because it's awful and you've not developed the taste yet it's just like Way! go on tony lad and it's just the best thing and then their mum spots them when they walk home and they're like oh he is in this shit he's getting licks for that hmm. it, but yeah it's that fun sensation i've definitely resonate with that all the party ends up stopping because you know stop it a young boy is drunk and all the town's horrified but 
oh my god, the design on like shit faced Apu and just you know everybody get naked, go be stuck up, it's gonna be great. And then so sober, desperate Kirk, oh, it's just getting started. Like where did you come from, mate? Who invited you, you creep? But this is broadcast on the news. Bart's just looking annoyed, pissed out of his little head there, and even Kent saying, you know, oh, I'll tell you what's wrong. This is a town gone mad now. You know, how dare we let these miners drink and get away with it? Should we even dare think of a prohibition there? And this kicks off the main story, folks. And Homer just switches it off as him and Bart. Bart's now getting the urge to go to Mo as well. But he realizes, like, oh, you know, prohibition didn't work in the late 1900s and early 20th century. It's not going to work now. Cal, this is the last time we're going to hear about Prohibition. We want Prohibition! We want Prohibition! You can't seriously want to ban alcohol? It tastes great, makes women appear more attractive, and makes a person virtually invulnerable to criticism. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? And Helen Lovejoy, I mean, this is pretty much a catchphrase here. It's with the, oh, won't someone please think of the children there? Really underrated, by the way. It just kind of shows the corruptness as well with like with Quimby, and he's just like, mm. um, he's just like, how dare you come in here and uh, <laughs> start demanding laws to be changed? Who do you think you are? And they go election election in November, election in November. It's God damn it! <laughs> and he's even he's got he's got a thing about you know alcohol. You know how can you dare protest alcohol? It tastes great, yeah. makes, makes w- all women irresistible, and. Um, <laughs> Makes you virtually uh, indestructible a criticism, and that's definite three factors that I've faced at each time I've ever got blasted. I mean, what about you? Uh, Is there truth behind Quimby's? <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're on about. I'm a very sensible person. I, I've not gotten so blasted. I've ended up in a relationship with a vegetarian f- for three months, or you know. <laughs> No, he puts the T in total. <laughs> we have, um, well, he is old clerk guy to Wigan anyway. I do like that line. But he discovers, you know, there's a really old parchment. There was prohibition in Springfield, but seems about 200 years ago. But, you know, no one really uh, put it into power as such there. So um, Quimby, you know, quickly, he doesn't want to face any shit. He wants to stay in office. So, there's, a, uh, you know, there's another part of that parchment as well. All right, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it now so we can end on a big high with this wonderful episode um technically it's a deus ex machina is this all right i didn't find it oh no 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 that ducks have to wear hats or something like that or clogs oh long pants oh i completely forgot you dear dear god long pants for fear of catapult um springfield is now a dry county this um sends shockwaves throughout the town you know you just see newspapers spinning out and homer's affected and then mo and all the barflies are affected and then a nice little uh bleed into act two um you see doc tibbet saying oh can you believe this bernice and it's his wife and she's just completely collapsed oh my there was a lot of people when lockdown first happened and they were kicking off about like what happens with all the pubs and stuff and i consider myself i'm not an alcoholic by any chance but you know i do like a drink and such but i barely drunk you know it was hard at first it wasn't hard at first i have gone through stages in my specifically in my early uni days where um 
I'd be on a, maybe three, four day bender, and I'd and I'd kind of thought, all right, I'll have a quiet week this week, and I start getting the shakes and shit, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> this is not good. Um, <laughs> but I I I understand their pain. We open up Act Two with you know all the remaining booze just getting thrown to the landfill, getting buried there, and we have the Duff um, CEO it seems saying. Oh, you know, people, you know, buy our beer for its, you know, rich flavor, not its alcoholic content. I believe our new product, Duff Zero, will be just as successful. And my God, if this doesn't smack of your politician trying to, you know, be with the common man, whether it's, you know, at a plant or, you know, at a hospital where they're killing the <laughs> National Health mm-hmm. Service. And I really like the little swig it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And like, That's great. really force thumbs up. Uh, but what happens with Duff Zero in this COE? Uh, with in thirty minutes, it bankrupts. <laughs> I think it's backs fires. No, we're not worried. Our customers buy Duff for its robust taste, not its alcoholic content. I predict our new alcohol-free Duff Zero will sell even better than our previous brand. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the end of me. Like, I mean, the shortest, I think, maybe one of the shortest ever appearances for any kind of one-off character, but yeah. it's absolutely perfect. It's one of my absolute highlights of this show there, and a great meme in itself. I mean, I've seen it swapped over, like, you know, Boris that, or, like, some, you know, some shitty tech giant, like, I don't know, um, Microsoft trying to do Zoom when Apple were doing iPods and all that, and, like, well, that's the end of me. Yeah. Springfield seems like a nice, actual, livable town there. Everyone's being friendly, waving hello, and Moe's opened up a pet shop. But it's not quite your regular pet shop, is it, Cow, as uh, Homer finds out? It's a nice little speakeasy with uh, everyone dancing and jazz music and blues and such like that. Um, however, it it does get caught on quite quickly, unfortunately. Um, and the women from the previous... Uh, uh, the previous comedian. Yeah, you know, yeah, you love joys and your moods. Yeah, yeah, Agnes there. Uh, decides to break in. Uh, to which everyone the music cuts. Good old Clancy goes. Oh, see, I'll sort this out. <laughs> Starts swaggering over to Helen Lovejoy, who screams, "Perfect!" Um, which and he goes, "Oh, that didn't sound good." Um. <laughs> Possibly like my highlight, but yeah, I think it is. I think it's my highlight of this uh, this episode, definitely. Wahoo! Oh, jeez, this looks bad. Better turn on the all wiggum charm. Ha 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 just how how quickly it does it. This is like oh shit. Uh, to which they then decide that they're going to get a new police captain, somebody who will actually enforce prohibition. Um, and who did he get? He gets a uh, Rex Banner there. He comes in. He's gonna you know wipe the scum off um, Springfield's uh, pavements there. And he's this very dry, very you know L.A. noir type, very cut to the chase and. <laughs> Well, as we find out later, the man literally cannot laugh there, so it shows you how much he cares about doing right and cleaning up these streets. But, I mean, straight away, Cowie literally kicks down the doors of the police HQ and kicks Wiggum out of his chair. 
He was watching that, and he was sitting there. But yeah, he's straight away, and he's literally cleaning up the police helmet, stand up straight, tucking your shirt. Oh, get that badge out of your mouth. You're a policeman, for God's sake. And Wiggum doesn't even get a kiss goodbye. It it's doesn't. It's really sad. And uh, he's, what are you waiting for? A kiss goodbye? Uh, well, uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've recently recorded an episode where, um, you know, they have to make comic book guy sympathetic and empathetic, and it just doesn't work because he's this big, sarcastic, you know, mean Ass. bastard. But, but Clancy, like, from day one, from that single moment he gets the boot, I mean, my heart just genuinely breaks from him. The little score of like, do do do, the little noir yeah. violin as he moves away as well. It's really touching. I really do enjoy it, Cal. Yeah, he's he's one of my favourite side characters. I've I've mentioned it before. I've got mm. I've got a love for uh, good old Wigan. But I mean, Rex works fast. He's literally putting up walls and stopping traffic, uh, stopping traffic, and the bootleggers getting in. And uh, Fat Tony, Joe Montaigne, one of the guests in this episode there, even uh, tries bribe him. How do you know if you don't like a bribe, Cal? You've never <laughs> taken one before. <laughs> He's like, hey, that uh, it, it feels pretty good. Get it out of my hand. Wait. Okay, <laughs> fine. We'll just stick to smuggling heroin. <laughs> I think Fat Tony is very good. He's very, he's very well used in this episode. He is. Whenever you need to sort of heighten something, or again, you bring in the sort of skeeziness of criminal underworld professionally, Joe Montagna, I mean, he's stated in interviews like, if Fat Tony burps, I want to voice it there. Mm. And fair play, because he sticks to his part. And I can't really think of a bad Fat Tony feature. Even when, um, you know, in later seasons, I remember one where it, essentially becomes a Godfather parody with his own son. Yeah. And he goes to pick up the kids from uh, school and he's making all these, you know, oh, which one of you wants to sleep with the fishes and all those sort of misdirects. And he goes, because I've got these charming Finding Nemo bedsheets. <laughs> and, and like, yeah, I mean, maximizing your minutes, he's a very strong um, side guest character there, Cal. Definitely. Homer and Marge are busy lamenting, saying, oh, you know, it's great and people can walk walking the streets at night now but you know where's the fun you know where's the pizzazz of, that booze brought and we see now paul wiggum this is no longer chief wiggum this isn't even clancy this is paul wiggum now and he even comes up to them and goes ah, can i arrest any of you folks <laughs> like not that we'll bring him money but he just wants to have that joy again you know yeah. banner around you know crime and drinking our you know ghosts in this city there and I like poor down and out Wiggum's design there. He's just and he gets progressively worse, doesn't he, Cal? He does. Work. He very much does. He um, he he sold his, the trigger. He goes, he's right. Give me the money." He goes, uh, "That that gun doesn't even have a pistol. Uh, a hand uh, a trigger, and he has to sell the trigger and most of the handle to feed his family. But he can throw it quite hard. Yeah, I can throw it pretty hard. <laughs> Homer sees him and he decides to help him out. You know. Oh, I'll find some way to get your job back and you know, bring fun to Springfield again. I just need to think of a plan. And it's a slow fade. And I, oh, come on, boy, think of a plan. <laughs> Bart's doing a really typical kid thing of, like, head standing because he's born. Oh, I'm trying, Dad. Like, having the blood rush his head. Maybe we'll get an idea quicker that way. But it comes to Homer and straight away just runs out. You know, we're, we're going, Marge. You know, if we don't come back, avenge our deaths. It's just good. We'll do. <laughs> I mean, the amount of like mad schemes that Homer's done, and you know, alternative career paths. Like, I'm sure Marge's got oh, and it. I mean, how are you working bereavement? 
Can you have like alternate wills or just keep re-editing wills? Yeah, yeah. You can, as, as long as you revoke the previous will, you can have as, have as many wills as you wish, right? Well, you have one will, but you can revoke it. But um, as long as you've got the right terminology and you've basically put a set out of it, you can more or less put whatever you want in it. Like I've read so certain wills before where um, there's this one person who she, uh, her husband had cheated on her. And you could tell by how it was wrote because he gets, she goes, "Oh, I want to give um, ten thousand pounds to my 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 living friend Barbara, who was always there and always drove my drive my tears. Um, uh, I leave ten thousand pounds to my other friend Mary because she was, you know, she helps when things were tough, and she hel- uh, helps me to learn to cook again and want to be again. Um, I love so much to my children, so much to my children." Um, and to my living ex, uh, my living husband, who we were ha- uh, married for twenty years, I leave only but these words: I hope you're happy with that sketch. And we were like, "Oh!" <laughs> Homer's grand plan is to go to the Springfield dump and dig up the booze, and they successfully do it. They stick it in a little logger there, and they're busy, you know, cheering their spoils. If you will say, "Oh yeah, Rex Banner can't see this." Oh yeah, look at the way he's aiming that stupid gun, and then bang. Just big old revolver shot right through the glass, and um, we get a nice little action scene. This didn't really need to be in the episode, but it, it, I mean, it just adds to it quite well. Um, yeah, nice direction. Homer running through Tombstone, you know, because oh, apparently they were good luck, apparently, <laughs> apparently, but they managed to get away. Um, what, what do you think of this random little action scene? Does it help lift it? Are you indifferent about it? Oh, no, I love it. I think it's great. I love when they kind of add a bit more to you know to to episodes like this and you can really mm. bring it together um i think it i think it just works really well it's nice and i mean the biggest punchline is um just when the chase is done and the music's died down and the cool hollywood action scene's done and we just get homer's car beat to fuck yeah. <laughs> with the trail wagon just parking up and march going Oh goodness, what's happened? Nothing. Go to bed. <laughs> oh, but the car wasn't like that before. Before, uh, quit living in the past. Like this is what well, I mean. It is a, technically this is abuse, but it's just yeah. But it's just so funny. Homer's just bludgeoning straight through there, and he just wants to get the night over with. So we have Marge going about a business the next day. Um, and there's warning signs in every kind of language in the known world. And Bart and Homer come out with these. Bowling balls, many, many bowling balls there, you know, barrow full of bowling balls. And Marge quite innocently goes, Oh, where are you going with all those bowling balls? Oh, the bowler armor. Oh, like, why have you got that many? And what, uh, again, littered, littered with great jokes here. What does Homer say unto Marge, Cal? Uh, I can't remember. Do you well, know? I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. Oh. All right. <laughs> it is a statement. You don't have to follow it up. Yeah, it is. Court of law. There you go. We have the boys now at Barney's Bowlerama, and they're just bowling gutter balls, and they're very on the nose saying, oh, boy, we sure do suck. Oh, yeah, you know, suck like a fox, and a big high five. And now this is the second time, and hopefully more, that I'll reference and compare, uh, you know, the energy of Wallace and Gromit with the Simpsons. And they've got this um, pipeline going into Moe's, haven't they, Cal? They have. It, it just seemed to remind me of a big 
Walsh and Gromit scheme, you know, them flying through the air, going to wash windows and that. They've got the Bowen balls. They've got their own racket there. Uh, I, I love it, Cal. Yeah, it's, it's very good. It's very like uh, one of those old breakfast machine type things. Like Walsh and Gromit. Yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and such. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And then eventually... Uh, I think I'm pushing it on a little bit quicker, but um, when Marge finds out what they're actually doing, uh, you know, Marge is, you'd think Marge would be disgusted, but she thinks it's brilliant. She thinks it's the smartest thing she's ever seen Homer do, much to Lisa's disgust, because I've seen this, I've known this man since high school, and this is by far <laughs> the, the smartest thing he's ever done. This is legit the smartest thing. <laughs> And look at all the money he's raking in there. And um, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forgot I just made that little noise. Um, yeah, she's a big old trophy wife there. But Lisa's saying, you know, this is against the law, and you know, it was you know, law-abiding citizens being too. But everyone just not having it. Just go to your room, even Bart, and they're all pointing in the same direction. Ah, oh, magnificent there. Rex Banner seems to be catching on. Because we get him banging on to Moe's pet shop. Remember, folks, pet shop. You know, open up Curly. This is a raid. Raid? Curly? All right. But uh, this is just a normal pet shop. And he's just got a lever. And again, it's your chitty chitty bang bang, your Wallace and Gromit. Just more more contraptions. Just little gears going. It's oh, the fakest looking pets. It's just clearly print or like paint and that. And like no one's properly hiding stuff. It's just round the back trying yeah. to hide the pints but Banner goes through and he's asking oh this is a pet shop what kind of pet shop it's filled with rambunctious yahoos love the word yahoos and you know ja- hot jazz music to 1am <laughs> most alls but like in a, in a real yeah. spur in the troops thing is the best damn pet shop in town yeah, yeah. <laughs> pet shop eh well I just have one question what kind of pet shop is filled with rambunctious yahoos and hot jazz music at 1 a.m.? Um, the, the best damn pet shop in town. Yeah! And we get to, before we enter Act 3, folks, about to end Act 2. This is my absolute favorite moment of this episode. It's Rex Banner in a very, you know, neo-noir look out there. It's almost like 40s L.A. and L.A. noir, you saying... You're out there somewhere, Beer Baron, and I'll find you. No, you won't. Yes, I will. I'll find you, Beer Baron, sooner or later. No, you won't. Yes, I will. What? I mean, I'm I'm never a logic nerd with this, but it's a thing of, you know, like, how has he heard Homer from that distance? How has Homer heard him? It's so quiet. It's so patronizing. It's so cocky. Um, yeah, amazing. I'm sure you're very much the same, Carl. Yeah, it is. It's just, I, I just, I, the thing is, though, it, like in the third act, he becomes a lot more cocky as well. And this is what I love about when it's just Homer's, you know, cockeyed schemes of, of just how it works. Because um, going into the third act, they, they run out of beer. Um, and they can't get any more from the dump. Everything's dry. Um, you know, Mo very quickly gets to the Simpsons' house, which I know obviously the, <laughs> yeah. the geography of Springfield changes around when and if they need it to. Um, 
I think we talked about it before as well. They were saying like with hit and run, it, it was quite hard for them to actually plan out exactly how. Same with um, road rage as well. How to actually, you know, the geography and locations of everything in regards to everything else. Um, but they decided, uh, you know, they're just going to make their own beer and uh, you know, beer and whiskey and gin. Twelve-year-old uh, whiskey as well, mm. <laughs> aged whiskey. Um, Pina Colada, I see there as well. Yeah, um, but it's quite quite a nice little uh, cutaway. I think I think it's around this time as well, um, where there's a reference to that famous painting, uh, the Night Crawler or Night Hawk or whatever it's called. Yeah, um, Night Hawk. It's the uh, old like forties, fifties diner. Yeah. yeah, and they go, "What's you know, what's up, Chief? Yeah, uh, everything's down. Blah blah blah. It's not a very happy birthday for Rex Banner. Slides his banana Sunday away, <laughs> and we get Barney passing by the window, thinking the oh, little fishies, <laughs> the fish. But Banner, this is like it's not even very noir. This is just very extreme. He just punches through the glass and says, "I'm going to say it, you know, nice and clear." Is there some blind tiger jerking suds on the side? <laughs> Beautiful line delivery. Nice writing there as well. There's a bit funny. There's a really good bit of the animation as well, which I don't know if it is a glitch or uh, you know a, a, a fuck up or anything. But he, he goes for Barney and misses, and he has to grab him again. Oh, he does. Yeah. Um, I did like that little touch. So that seems very real. Rex Banner's slowly going more and more insane, trying to find the um, uh, the beer baron. Um, started intimidating people on the street to try. And <laughs> Getting he goes for your favourite Flanders. How it do you feel? Does. I'm trying to think if it's um. What drink does Flanders go for in his gilded lilt? Is charged large? I can't remember. Is it um? It's something really it's soft. Shirt, it's like a Shirley Temple or something like that. That's it. it. Yeah. And um, he goes, oh well. He's clean, but taking me for question anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asks, "Right, are you the beer baron?" No, but you know. Maybe by night, but you know, during the day, I'm a mild mannered reporter, which is every superhero ever. Don't crack wise with me, Tubby. 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 Oh, yes, Tubby. <laughs> and Holmes walks straight, past. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Holmes walks past. How you doing, Baron? None of your business. I say I've had this thought, and this is not the hottest of hot takes. In fact, this is the coolest of takes. I'm sure a lot of people might agree. Does it seem to you, Cal, that with Homer's Got a Scheme kind of episodes, why are they so why are a lot of them really well received why are they so yeah why are they so well received um i, I think it's just because they have more creative freedom they don't go complete obviously later in seasons they they go a little bit more they go mental and jump the shark a little bit but um you know in the earlier ones it's it's fun because it, it's all realistic in, in 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 what he could easily do if he was a real person i think that's why they're so regarded and how he bounces off these like one-off characters like um Ant scorpio and you know rex banner and stuff like that yeah you're right it goes a big and um frank grimes is another one of course um but it's it just kind of you know it, it it gives him time to kind of show his own humanity as well as his genius in his way really we have um homer and bart are busy making stuff now in the many, many bathtubs of booze. But one of the tankers blows up and horrified. Marge comes down. Again, Homer's just not letting up with this. He's going to keep wearing that mask until it 
eats away at him. Oh no, it's that uh, one bean I had at dinner, dear. <laughs> and I mean, he just keeps it. He keeps it up in even into bedtime, doesn't he, Cal? Definitely, yeah. Um, I thought I, I thought the whole well, the whole cutaway was just like I've got an idea. Forty two bathtubs, please. Oh, uh, well, we've got a deal on it where it's uh, fifty for three thousand. I said forty two. Yeah, so he's making pina colada and stuff like that. It, uh, it cuts away to Mo's cabin, looking all a bit sad. Uh, and I can't remember to drink what comes through first. But they all cheer. It's a bathtub mint juice. Oh, yeah. And it's all, and it's all your Kentucky kernel. Fried Gentleman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Homer, um, he's still blaming the bean. And he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to mask the very loud explosions that could cave the house in. And Marge just says, right, cut the shit. You've had your fun. You made your money. Get out whilst you can. You know, a very um, Breaking Bad scenario, if you will. Yeah. Oh, wait. Did Simpsons predict Breaking Bad, Cal? Let's get another big shit. Yeah, Buzzfeed for them, for them likes and clicks. <laughs> but when Ho- Homer gives up, when he almost gets third degree burns, <laughs> well, it's the whole where it's just like a massive explosion. It's like boom. <laughs> it's the delivery. Um, but what yeah, about what you said? And I've decided to quit. <laughs> Very rational, professional voice. This is where he finds Clancy, like you said before. Yes. You know, he's had to you know sell half the gun to feed his family. Yeah. <laughs> And he, uh, they think of a brilliant scheme where, um, you know, they realise there's an interview with uh, Rex and he's going, um, yeah, even though I never found him and all those dark alcohol uh, yeast clouds have gone over from <laughs> Evergreen Terrace. Nice touch, yeah. Um, that uh, Baron, all the, uh, I'll always live in my dreams or whatever. And he goes, wait, but uh, there's a story over at Evergreen Terrace where... Uh, ex-chief Wiggum has finally found him. A nice, like, the crowd all murmuring. Lenny is literally letting the cat out of the bag. Oh, they captured Homer! (laughs) But Clancy does get the glory. He's cleaned up. Now he's back in his official gear and that. And he tells them about, you know, due to this intricate piping system, they were able to flog all this illegal booze. But, oh, you forgot one thing, chief. Oh, what's that? I used the funnel. (laughs) (laughs) And and Marge goes, goes, oh, that was a nice thing you did for Wiggum. Still not calling him chief yet. No, it's Paul Wiggum still. Because, but what 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 do you think is going to happen to yourself? It's like I don't know, just slapping the wrist. Big smash cut. So <laughs> Homer looking really confused and really annoyed on a catapult there, and you know that is the like we said, you know that's the uh, that's yeah, the penalty. It's by catapult, as they said. Um, he goes, oh, the last thing I'd do for you. Oh well, look, the, I just thought you'd get a final like, at the most, like three years four in years in jail. <laughs> Like for, like for Holden, that's it. Um, but Marge is trying to interrupt, you know, saying, oh, you know, all these you know, violent crimes and, you know, drink driving's been down 100%, but it's taken away our freedom, our freedom to drink. And never has that been more prevalent in the time where you've got these fucking anti-mass people no, marching yeah. through Target like a bunch of fucking morons, you know. But it's their freedom, cow. How dare you take away their freedom? Uh. They're not hard one, are they? It's uh, <laughs> there's somebody in my group, in my like drinking group, who's very much like that, and I just want to slap him oh. every time I try it. Win. But have you heard about Noel Gallagher, who was saying shit about it on Twitter? I um, haven't. Please. So don't. he was just basically saying how it's it, he he's sick of people coming up to him saying uh, he should be wearing a mask when it's his right not to wear a mask and all of this bullshit. Um. 
even Jedward has tweeted him and talked told him about a uh, how stupid he is. Say, <laughs> and he basically remade the words to um, Wonderwall. And then he said, lots of love, stop being so stupid. Uh, Liam Gallagher and Jedward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jedward have surprisingly gotten, they've become like massively woke and yeah. have gotten more love out of people for like, you know, going against J.K. Rowling and everything else. And the, these are like the secret heroes of 2020. Who would have thought? <laughs> They're going to save it. They're going to find a cure in that, those big, massive quiffs. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait for Christmas now, folks. But Rex, um, you know, you're saying, oh, Missy, you know, you can't just, you know, live by some laws and disobey others. If we could, you know, I'd kill everyone who look at me cockeyed. And this is where the sort of insanities and the intensity is really coming through Banner. And he's properly ranting and mm. Chief's like, you know, send him a mama, boys. And just <laughs> conveniently <laughs> steps on the catapult. They just and he eat just... him away. <laughs> he eats him away. Like, that man is dead. And quick... <laughs> Like Quimby, just indoctrinated by Springfield's mob mentality cultures. Well, that was unexpected. All right, let's get it over <laughs> with. Here we are. I mentioned it before. The Deus Ex Machina. What happens, Cal? Um, they find out that uh, on the same scroll, actually, they unravel it a little bit further. And um, the prohibition laws in Springfield actually got uh, re-amended in 199 years ago. So literally a year later, they uh, they changed it back to uh, that alcohol was legal again. So he was then free to go. Which, as you were saying earlier, do you think it is a bit of a, a death act, uh, machina? Yeah, it is. Um, but, but I don't find it like it's insulting not insult- or yeah, whatever because exactly. it's been that strong and I've laughed and I've really enjoyed yeah. like the characters and the story itself. So I'm not thinking, oh, they've cheaped it a bit. Yeah, it's no Tanzan Almerian. Um, no, it's it fits very it fits very well with the humor of the show and such like that, and like, um, to, you know, to kind of like curve it back into a perfect pitch, um, and then you know the mayor decides, oh, how long you, how long would it take you to bring booze back into Springfield? And he goes, oh well, I'm out of that business now, and then Fat Terry disappears. He goes four minutes. <laughs> And five yes. minutes later, five minutes later, I don't know admin troubles. Maybe the tires were flat. <laughs> Who knows? But yes, the booze is back in Springfield, and like I didn't even say, like throughout this, we get I love I love the old thirties voice. Ah, see you, boys, yeah. and we've got one of them narrating all the way through, like with Homer being the beer baron, you know, swagging around the city, and we get to finally hear his words. You know, get the final words saying, "Congratulations to you, Springfield. May you please roam forever in booze." Or what have you please enjoy it drink up and we have one of the most memorable i know a lot of generations older than me younger than me have used this have seen this on t-shirts this is probably the most marketed line maybe nah. the classic quote to alcohol them, yeah. the cause of and solution to all of life's problems like i've definitely seen it in every kind of gift shop yeah. online store um i mean yeah but what do you think yeah, I think it's overall a fantastic episode. Um, like like you said, it is very kind of we're just gonna get rid of this one thing and then it's gonna fix everything straight away. Um, but it works. It it you know it isn't as you said insulting. Um, it you know it's there's there's not a weak act really. Um, I guess 
well, there isn't really because I was thinking guess I guess maybe the first uh, first act, but you know, without the first act, you haven't. It, there's no reason for the story kind of thing. It works so perfectly um, in a perfect little nugget of of, of an episode. Really, um, I'm I'm probably you know it's laughter from laughter. I, I there's a lot lots of Wigan. Um, Rex Banner's fantastic. Um, I'm probably as a rating wise. Um, gonna have to give it. Uh, go, I'm gonna have to give it five screaming perverts out of five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, magic full on for me. Um, I mean, what else to say? We have wax lyrical. We have sung all the praises of this episode. It's a great story. It's fun seeing people in many green different attires. There, Rex Banner, one of the best one-time characters ever. I'm glad they didn't bring him back. Because he's still held in high regard and still fits and you're able to laugh at him to this day. I like seeing Homer and Bart have a scheme. They're my favourite episodes. Um, yeah, it's fun seeing the everyone in Springfield, you know, getting their turn. You know, Wiggum, um, yeah, Rex Banner, you know, Agnes, everyone, Quimby. They've all got stellar lines there. It's incredibly well written, incredibly well delivered. And with that, I'm going to give this five out of five... Um, Look at me, Rex Banner. I have a new hat. <laughs> Out of five. Get ready to conform to uniform and have a go with this uh, bowling. Yes, we're going to season seven with Team Homer. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Most Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at TylerTMC. Or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.